0: First ever playoff edition of fantasy football today at DFS on Thursday, January 13th. I am Frank sample joined by Mike McClure. Unfortunately, no see a job this week, but no worries. He will be back uh, next week for the divisional round of the playoffs. What's going on, Mike, before we even get into the playoffs that we're going to be talking about on this podcast and our next podcast. Um, how was your week 18? Because it was, it's kind of frustrating for me.
1: Yeah. Week 18 was definitely one of the frustrating weeks. Um, You know, I I ended up breaking even on everything. I probably didn't deserve to. uh, Out of the five lineups, I cashed two of them. One was a min-cash. One was enough of a cash to break me even on the slate. But definitely, you know, the core plays weren't hitting everywhere. Um, Obviously, a lot of Tyreek Hill uh, for me in that spot. So just one of those weeks where it's kind of ho-hum, didn't kill me. But, you know, fortunately, just had one of them with the right combination of players that kind of got me there. It was a bad
0: Saturday slate for me last week, and then it was a bad main slate on Sunday, too. So it was just bad, bad, bad all around. So week 18 moving forward, I think, you know, uh, as my caution, <laughs> don't play as much volume in that final week of the regular season because it is, of course, a wacky one. If we were doing an Are You Serious segment, Gabriel Davis, for me, man, takes the cake. I used him in cash. He had 14 targets. You love to see it <laughs> against the New York Jets. What happens? He only reels in three of those fourteen targets. It was uh, just a very, very frustrating hard to game. Do. Yeah, I think he had he was like six or seven percent owned. So really, if he did anything, they were force feeding him in the red zone, trying to get him a touchdown, and just it was not happening. So very, very frustrating uh, last week. But let's move on. Let's let's clear our heads and move on here to a wild card weekend. And the way that it's going to work is. Saturday, we've got a two-game featured slate over on DraftKings. Sunday, we have a three-game featured slate, so that's why we're going to do two separate podcasts here. Imagine both of these are going to be much shorter than you're used to. This one, probably 20 minutes. The next one, you know, somewhere around 30 minutes. Uh, But we're going to preview each slate based on the day of action. Mike, how are you feeling about this upcoming weekend?
1: Oh, this weekend's going to be great. Uh, I like a lot of these matchups, honestly. Uh, you know, one of them is a divisional matchup with the the Cardinals and the Rams, that being the Monday night game. We probably won't even really touch on that one. But, and then the the, uh, the Patriots and Bills, like Bengals Raiders, they, they've already played each other this season as well. Uh, just some really fun matchups. So um, I think that the thing that we'll talk about a little bit throughout these two episodes is how prevalent underdogs and unders have been in the betting market and how we're going to use that in fantasy, because in fantasy, typically you're seeing a lot of ownership on teams that are favored teams that are projected to win things like that. So I think there could be some interesting opportunities here in DFS to get just a little bit different. And you've got that in your favor. I believe underdogs are like 14 and two in the last 16 Uh, playoff games like this in this round against the spread. So worst case scenario, we're looking for underdogs winning or very, very competitive football games here.
0: Wild card weekend, the Wild Wild West. And let's start with that first game on Saturday, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Cincinnati Bengals. And this line is actually coming down. I believe it opened you know, seven, six and a half, and now it's already dropped. The Bengals are five and a half point favorites in this game with a 49 point total. They faced off back in week 11. The Bengals won that game 32 to 13. The weather in this spot, we got to pay attention to weather for all of the games this weekend. 32 degrees, 10 mile per hour wind. So actually, pretty mild here in the Cincinnati area. We'll, we'll definitely take that uh, because I have a feeling we're going to have a lot of interest in the pass game options in this spot. For the Raiders, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, and Casey Hayward have all been limited in press. Practice, But are expected to, to play and for the Bengals see Higgins added to the injury report with a foot injury But still in line to play as well for the Cincinnati Bengals and let's start there Joe Burrow and his pass catchers Burrow is 7300 over on DraftKings He's the second highest priced quarterback on the slate behind only Josh Allen and the last two times we saw Joe Burrow Mike 486 passing yards is what he's averaging with four passing touchdowns. The guy has been absolutely on fire. He uh, he did not play in week 18 along with most of the other starters. They had Jamar Chase out there. Obviously, he was chasing a record. Um, but yeah, now we get everyone back in this spot. Are you looking to stack Joe Burrow with his pass catchers against the Raiders? And if so, how are you doing it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you have to have some interest in him, uh, and I think your quarterback is most likely to come from this game. Um, I, I like Derek Carr as well, but yeah, I'll definitely have a Joe Burrow lineup out there. The question is, is which receivers are you stacking him with? Uh, I think one of my favorite ways to attack it here is actually still going to be, you know, something we talk about throughout the course of the season, really, in the way I like to play Um I, I want to stack him with Joe Mixon if I'm playing him. If I'm playing Joe Burrow, I want to take advantage of, you know, I'm going to be essentially betting on the Bengals to score 30 plus points. I want to grab as many of those offensive scoring opportunities as possible on a shorter slate like this, especially when you consider what the other game on the slate is. So if I'm playing Joe Burrow, I'm stacking him with Joe Mixon first before I select any of the pass catchers. Obviously, Joe Mixon can still catch passes, but he's the first one in. Higgins is going to be very close to the first one in is their second one in just because the price point obviously is still a significant discount from jamar chase uh the foot injury potentially something that could take some people off of him but that's where i'm going to be and then the news that i really want to look at uh cj uzama do we know anything more on his status has he been cleared to play he's been popping up on injury reports um i would assume that he's fine and ready to go but i don't want to discount Uh, what kind of a weapon that he is, because I do truly believe he is a really important weapon for Joe Burrow in these games. Um, So if for some reason he were to not play, you could start to look at the punt tight end drew sample. uh, Some of the other guys like that just because they're 2,500 and it saves you a ton of money on this. Uh, So that's something to monitor over the next few days. Even if it says he's in or out as of today, Uh, I wouldn't expect that decision to be made on him until game day. So, monitor that. But the short answer or the long answer is, yeah, we're playing Joe Burrow. But my favorite way to do it is to have Joe Mixon as a must play with him in the lineup.
0: Yeah, I was building a lineup earlier and I found myself not getting to Higgins or Jamar Chase, which is weird to play Joe Burrow without those guys. But, you know, CJ Uzami, you mentioned him. If you need a cheap tight end on the slate, I think he's the one you're looking at. He's 3,500 on DraftKings. He has a 16% target share since week 13. That's a pretty significant amount for a a tight end that's this cheap. So we've talked about him quite a bit down the stretch of the season, and uh, rightfully so. Um, you know, getting targets at that cheap cost. T. Higgins, you mentioned he's sixty two hundred, dealing with this foot injury. Uh, I think that is probably going to keep some people off of him. And let's be honest. I mean, the last time we saw Jamar Chase in a game with Joe Burrow, he had that monster game, fifty eight point six DK points. So I think a lot of people are going to remember that. But let's consider the fact that the Raiders actually have a pretty strong secondary, and Casey Hayward has done a really good job this year. I don't think he's going to completely stop Jamar Chase, but I think you know maybe he can limit him somewhat here uh, in this spot. Joe Mixon, I think, is a good call out too. He's the highest-priced running back on the slate. He's seventy-one hundred, and the pass game usage has been inconsistent for him, but has 14 targets over the last two games, uh, week 16 and week 17, obviously, with Joe Burrow at quarterback. So uh, you're right. When I was building my lineup earlier, it it started with Burrow, it started with Mixon, and then Uzama. Uh, And I think within the same game, Mike, it's a two-game slate. Obviously, we're trying to find ways to get different. I think that we could go dual tight end again, you know, uh, throw CJ Uzama in the tight end spot, Darren Waller in the flex. Waller is just... 5,700. 5, 5,700. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty cheap for Waller, who uh, played 78% of the snaps last week, 27% target share, ran 37 routes on 46 dropbacks. So, what do you think about the dual tight end with Uzama and Darren Waller?
1: I, I like it a lot. So, look, it's no surprise that everyone's going to want to target this game on this slate. There, there are two games. The other game, we know it's New England and Buffalo. We know it's cold, all of those things, right? So my favorite roster construction for this game is to not play Joe Burrow and play Derek Carr. So what I want to do is I want to play Derek Carr. I want to pair him with Darren Waller, who hopefully is going to see some reduced ownership at this price point after not playing super well in the last game that he made his return as he gets up to speed with his conditioning. But then what I want to do is I want to play Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and C.J. Uzama without Joe Burrow. If Joe Burrow has a big game, Those four players have to have big games. Unless you think Joe Burrow is going to rush for three touchdowns in this game, those guys are going to have big games. If those guys have big games and Joe Burrow has big games, Derek Carr has no option but to throw the football, has to dump passes to Josh Jacobs. He has to look for secondary receiver like Zay Jones, look at Darren Waller. So just like a quick read-through of a build that I just absolutely love. It's Carr, Jacobs, Mixon, Zay Jones, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, C.J. Uzama, Darren Waller, and whatever defense you want. Uh, I think that that is a super interesting way to go stack this game up because make no mistake, this is going to be the popular game to stack on the slate. Uh, But I think it's an interesting way to attack it because those four players, if they have a good enough game to be in your lineup, it's going to create a lot of opportunity for Derek Carr to try and keep up.
0: Yeah, that is very interesting. You could get the Bills' defense in there too at thirty-two hundred, the highest-priced yep. defense on the slate, and that leaves you with one hundred remaining dollars. So obviously, you don't have much offensive firepower in that later game. But again, the total is lower. It's going to be a lot colder in that game, uh, and, and just overall, I think we're expecting more fantasy uh, production in this in this first game between the Raiders and the Cincinnati Bengals. Zay Jones, you mentioned him there. Um, let's just say you know you're not stacking this game completely. I think if you're looking for you know the cheap salary saver play, it's got to be Zay Jones. He's 4K, and he has a 22% target share since week 12. Let's talk about him and Hunter Renfro together because you didn't mention Renfro here, Mike. Uh, he's kind of dealing with this hip injury. He was a full participant in practice, but he's priced up now. He's 6,400, and we saw the snaps, the targets take a step back last week with Darren Waller back in the game. So what do you think about Renfro versus Zay Jones at their respective prices?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's all about the price point here, right? So when you're talking about Renfro at 6,400, like he's more expensive than T Higgins, right? He's more expensive, obviously, than Tyler Boyd on the other side by a significant margin. Um, It's tough to get there. So when you add the concerns that you have uh, in the projected game scripts, like they know they have to cover Hunter Renfro. Um, we do expect a volume decrease with Darren Waller being out there. I just think that you're pretty limited. Like, obviously it's not going to shock me if he finds the end zone twice, like at all. He's, he's very, very talented. He runs very good routes in the red zone. But I think it's a pretty easy call to move away from him on DraftKings in this particular two-game slate. Just because of the price point, the things working against him in that spot, uh, I I think that we're more likely to see Carr try to have some success with Zay Jones and Darren Waller. So while it's possible to get there, uh, and I do have an early build with him, but It's the same thing. It's an onslaught. If I'm going to play Hunter Renfro personally, I'm going Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Zay Jones, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro. I want all five of those Raiders in the lineup if I'm going to use Hunter Renfro because that's the scenario that I think he gets there, less so than just having him. Like There was a few weeks back with Waller out where we were talking about Renfro was just the bring back because he was such a target monster. You just play him as the bring back. I don't think that's the scenario that works here at the price point that he is. If you're looking for just the bring back, I think it's pretty clearly Zay Jones in this game just mm-hmm. because of the prices, the way they work out. So I like Renfro, but the only way I'm playing him is in that full-on Raiders onslaught uh, with Derek Carr and at least two other pass catchers.
0: Yeah, and that lineup that you just revealed, it's a pretty natural pivot. You could go off of T. Higgins and go to Hunter Renfro with Derek Carr as your quarterback. You have to lower the the Bills defense to another defense, but uh, that allows you to get Renfro in there, and obviously you keep Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon and just stack up that entire game. Josh Jacobs, we mentioned here multiple uh, multiple times, he's 6,600 over on DraftKings. He has 18-plus touches in four straight 26 plus carries in two of those games. So the workload has been pretty massive here for Josh Jacobs. And it's kind of a weird slate for running backs, Mike. We have Mixon, we have Jacobs, and then, you know, the other game, Damian Harris's status is is up in the air. Sounds like he's gonna play, but he's questionable. Uh and then we have Devin yep. Singletary at fifty eight hundred. I'm assuming Jacobs is your second favorite running back on the slate.
1: Yeah, he is. And you could make an argument first um you know there 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 will be lineups of mine that will have all three of Mixon, jacobs and singletary um the Patriots situation is really tough to get to personally so and on terms of picking which one of them uh so i like jacobs a lot Uh, if you look back at the game where they played against cincinnati as well i believe he had seven targets in the passing game that game makes a little bit of sense they fell behind and, and had to try and play catch up i think that that is a similar game script here that they could be facing in this one um I I do like him. I I think that he's going to be involved in the passing game. You look, we we didn't see massive passive volume against the chargers, but you scroll back through some of those game logs. Like we're seeing consistent four targets. Basically we've had a peak game of nine, uh, in, in another competitive game against Washington. So I think this is an interesting spot for Jacobs. Um, he, he's going to be in lineups. Like my optimal lineup is for sure going to have Jacobs and Mixon. Um, there's just, there's too much volume, too much opportunity. Both of them are very good catching passes out of the backfield when given the opportunity. Um, and, and I think that will have that opportunity.
0: Yeah. Josh Jacobs, seven targets, five receptions in that earlier meeting against the Cincinnati Bengals back in week 11. The Don has sent me a sneaky pick for each game this weekend. That's how dedicated this man is to the wild card slate and He likes Tyler Boyd in this game. 4,600, someone we did not talk about, which I think would make him quite sneaky. So uh, I don't think he has upside like the other wide receivers on his team, but pretty safe floor. 10-plus DK points in five straight games. Mike, any quick thoughts on Tyler Boyd?
1: I love it. Uh, I I like it a lot. I I Look, I think that the thing you have to remember is we're playing a two-game slate, and for someone at his price point, which is $4,600, if you get four catches, 47 yards... Normal slate, you're like, dang, this sucks. (laughs) This kind of slate, it might work. It it might get you there, Um, especially with the other game that we're going to talk about. So I I think it's super interesting. You know, optimizers are going to tell you to go play a guy like Cole Beasley. Uh, Can Tyler Boyd outscore Cole Beasley in this game? Yeah, so pretty easily.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. And before we get to that next game, I want to remind everyone that we have another FFT DFS contest this weekend. We'll be playing the Sunday slate, so the three-game slate over on DraftKings. 150 entries, as always. $5 to enter. The top 15 gets paid out. The link is in the podcast and the YouTube description. We'll be retweeting it, tweeting it out, so you can find it uh, over there as well. Plus, our friends at Fantasy Football Today, the season-long version of this podcast, uh, and really the the parent podcast Uh, of this one uh is up for best social media award in the fantasy football industry just 10 seconds it'll take you to vote for fantasy football today so the link for that will also be in the podcast description as well if you can help those guys out uh try and take take home some hardware here uh heading into 2022
2: selling a little or a lot to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
3: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential?
0: The AFC East rivals are facing off. We've got the Patriots at the Bills. The Bills are four-point favorites with a 44-point total, and the Pats won the wind game earlier in the season. You remember back on Monday Night Football where I think Mac Jones threw the ball two times, four times, whatever it was in that game. Uh, that was week 13. They won 14-10, to 10, and then the Bills won two weeks later in week 16, 33-21. The weather in this spot expected to be six. Yes, six degrees In Buffalo, five-mile-per-hour wind. So it's going to be cold. Wind not so bad. Not expecting any snow. So overall, it's cold. But, you know, the guys should be able to play. And, you know, maybe um, because there's no wind or anything that we could see it open up a little bit. But, again, the total here is... uh, is lower than the earlier game. For the Patriots, they have listed 13 players as questionable for this game, including Damian Harris, Jacoby Myers, and tackle Isaiah Wynn. Uh, Isaiah Wynn was the only one who did not practice on Thursday. The Buffalo Bills have zero players on the injury report, so much healthier here coming into this spot. Josh Allen... He's 7,900. He put up 33.96 DK points in that week 16 meeting against the New England Patriots. Three passing touchdowns, 64 rushing yards. Mike, it sounds like you are all in on the earlier game, but it's kind of scary. Kind of scary to fade Josh Allen in this spot, just knowing what his upside is.
1: It's kind of scary to fade him knowing what his upside is, but when you factor in price and everything else and just his overall popularity, like... Honestly, I like Derek Carr better at 5800 It's such a massive savings that if I, I want some insurance on it, like I can still play Devin Singletary. I can still play Stefan Diggs if I want to. Uh, obviously, you're leaving yourself exposed to a big Josh Allen rushing game or a big game to one of the other receivers. Uh, I just think those things are slightly less likely. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm going to fade Josh Allen. Um, I, I like Singletary all sorts with the bills defense uh you know i think there are builds here where you could play any one of the cheap receivers mentioned cole beasley earlier gabriel davis emmanuel sanders is back like I, i think you could play any of those guys as one offs in that spot but for me personally i'd still rather play zay jones i'd rather play tyler boyd um I'll have interest in defenses. I like both defenses there, but I can't get to Josh Allen at his price point. The only reason I say that though, is because I'm still projecting his ownership to be the same almost as Burrow. Like, uh, looking at some of my initial ownership here at quarterback, I'm basically projecting 32% for Carr, 32% for Burrow and 30% on Josh Allen. Um, it's just like, that that's where everyone's going to go, right? So knowing that he's going to be as popular as those other two in a much worse environment against, in my opinion, still a better team, a better defense like that, uh, I, I think that you're not gaining a lot of leverage by playing him despite the other game being so popular on a game stack level. All
0: right. I should have asked you this earlier, Mike, but are you still going to play five lineups per day? Because I know that's what you usually play on the main slate. Uh, what are you doing here for each of these smaller slates?
1: So for the smaller slates, I typically play three uh, just because I, I like to take advantage of like a lot of three max tournaments and stuff. Cause I, I think that those are really, really profitable in these kind of spots. So for Saturday, I'll be playing three lineups for sure on Sunday when it trickles up to a three game slate versus two, and then we have that game spread out. So you have a little bit more, obviously the games are spread out when there's only two back to back, but there's just a little bit more opportunity for late swap stuff. So I will probably end up with five on the Sunday slate, but the, the Saturday slate that we're talking about now, I will play three lineups. Uh, none of them will be Josh Allen.
0: All right, that was my next question. So thank you for answering that. Uh, you, we, you mentioned the lower-priced wide receivers for the Buffalo Bills here. If you had to choose one of them, Sanders versus Beasley versus Davis, do you have a lean there?
1: Uh, I mean, I think I have to go Davis on this. Uh, and the reason is, he had 14 targets in the last game. I know that some of the other players weren't there, but uh, we, we've seen it at times. You know, Scroll back to some of their other game logs, uh, the toss to Tampa Bay. He got some really, really important targets from Josh Allen in that game. Uh, ended up with eight targets in the game, five catches, obviously had a touchdown there. He's found the end zone pretty consistently before these last two weeks, and you could argue the last two weeks were – closer to mail-it-in kind of weeks. I mean, obviously, they were winning and trying to win, uh, and they struggled at times, but the three games before that where they played New England, Tampa Bay, Carolina, a stretch where they really needed to be on track, Um, they obviously lost two of those games, very competitive games. He had touchdowns. He had four touchdowns in those three-game stretch, so for me personally, it's going to be Gabriel Davis.
0: All right, don't remind me. 14 targets last week again. It just... Completely broke me. Devin Singletary, he's 5,800, and you mentioned his name as somewhat a target here. He's the fourth highest price running back on the slate. His usage has been awesome recently. 17 plus touches in four straight games. He has 27 red zone opportunities during that stretch. That's the most in football during that span. More than Jonathan Taylor, more than any other running back. So uh, he's being used in the red zone and uh, getting some targets here as well. Playing 79% of the snaps during that stretch. Mike, uh, Devin Singletary, fair to say he is your third favorite running back on the slate? Or maybe even second. Is he ahead of Joe Mixon?
1: Uh, Not ahead of Joe Mixon for me. He'll be the third favorite um, just because I expect him to be popular, obviously, but he's ran really hot in terms of scoring touchdowns. Uh, Really, really, really hot, which inflates box scores pretty significantly, as we all know. Uh, But what does he have? Three, four, five touchdowns in the last four games. Um, That is – or six touchdowns in the last – Uh, four games. That is running hot to say the least. Um, And while doing that, I'm not saying that a 26 fantasy point day or a 25 fantasy point day is a bad day. It's an awesome day, right? But we're talking about someone with six touchdowns in the last four games, and they still haven't broken 30 fantasy points, which would like truly break the slate. Joe Mixon's the guy that can put up 30 fantasy points. Jacobs is a guy that can put up those 30 fantasy point games. Um, I just think that you're you're certainly buying at the peak of Devin Singletary. Like, it would be really hard in that offense with the weapons they have and Josh Allen's running ability, especially in a must-win game. I just think you're buying at the absolute peak of – his, uh, the, the touchdown equity that he has shown. Um, so I think it could be an interesting spot to kind of avoid it. Um, let me consult my ownership really quickly to see what we're looking at. Yeah. So, I I mean, I'm showing Mixon basically 75% owned, makes a ton of sense. Jacob's 60 to 65, but I'm showing Singletary still 40 to 45% owned. Um, if I think that that number is going to be that high, I probably start to shy away just a touch. If it looks like it drops down, say below forty, on a two gamer, I'm more interested. But I'm skeptical of that number. I think he's going to be fifty percent.
0: Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly that we're buying at the peak here. the The thing that doesn't shy me away as much is is the price. You know, the price is not so bad at fifty eight hundred, and and you're saving money compared to the other running backs in the earlier game, but I do agree. I do like those running backs a little bit more. Mike, how are we handling the Patriots side of things? I'm sure it won't be popular. It's the lowest implied team total on the slate, and rightfully so. Damian Harris is 6,400. Questionable again, but I think he's going to play in this spot. Ramondre Stevenson, 5,100. Brandon Bolden, 4,800. Scored two touchdowns last week. And then we have Mac Jones. He's the cheapest quarterback on the slate, 5,300. And I think really the only pass catchers you're considering... On this side are Jacoby Myers at 5K and Hunter Henry at 4,500. He's coming off a big game. The Bills are famously really, really tough against tight ends. So you're probably not even really considering Hunter Henry. What do you think about the Patriots side?
1: Yeah, the Patriots side is super tricky for me just because like I'm going to play Mac Jones, I think, in one lineup. Uh, just because I love the rest of the build, frankly. Uh, And I think it just allows you to be a little bit different, a little interesting. The problem is it's really to select a handcuff for him um, just because of the way that they play, the way that we project these kind of games to go. To be honest with you, if I was going to handcuff him with someone, call me crazy, but it's probably Damian Harris. Um, I I expect Harris to be out there if he is obviously going to play 14. In the last game, I think that in those spots They might look to dump off to him a little more But what you're really betting on there, frankly Is them scoring points And if you're betting on them to score points It's going to come from those two players, most likely So I'll read you uh, a full lineup I know we may not be supposed to do a full lineup But we're going to do it anyway right here Because this is a lineup that I like And it's very early still But it's a quarterback lineup And then you've got Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase Darren Waller Zay Jones, Patriots defense. So you're basically Mac Jones, Patriots defense. Um, and then you have all of the weapons for the game that you project to be a shootout. Um, you know, this isn't a lineup that I built manually. This is just coming straight from uh, my optimizer when I just spit out 20 lineups where they're at. Uh, let me tell you quickly where it is. It looks like it is lineup number 16 out of 20.
0: All right. Uh, So no interest in, if you're playing Mac Jones, maybe bringing it back with Stefan Diggs in the slate.
1: I think you can. Uh, I definitely think you can. Um, The scenario, in my opinion, though, where a Mac Jones lineup has a chance of winning is one of those scenarios where that game is just kind of low scoring and they they only, they, they score one, you know, it's like a 16 to 10 type game. That's the scenario where I picture Mac Jones being viable enough to to be in that lineup where you don't have to compete with some of those Josh Allen lineups. So if you want to, um, I think it's okay to play digs. The issue with that for me is you're giving up one of Higgins or Chase to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just project that game to be far and away better for fantasy scoring. So I'm I'm not going to get there. I think you're also – the other thing is, is you're also going to be different enough by – playing Mac Jones uh, to begin with. We're projecting single-digit ownership. The next most popular thing to do if you're playing Mac Jones is to have a Mm bringback. So I think the way to get different is to play Mac Jones without anybody.
0: Yeah, no, I think that makes sense too. And even if he winds up throwing two touchdowns, I I don't think... Patriots pass catchers are going to be highly owned on this slate. So, again, that's different enough where if you stack up that earlier game and and Mac somehow throws two touchdowns, then, yeah, you're probably sitting pretty here on the Saturday slate. The Don sneaky pick for this game, he's going with Emmanuel Sanders, 4,300. If you're looking for a cheap Bills wide receiver, he's not on the injury report. He's good to go. He is healthy. We're going to wrap there. for Mike, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Football Today at TFS. We'll be back again tomorrow to break down the Sunday slate. See you then.